Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Linux Downtime. I'm Joe. I'm Martin. I'm Hayden. And I'm Gary. Good to talk to you all again. So Martin, you have recently been using Pantheon Desktop and really, really enjoying it. And that got me thinking about customization of the Linux desktop. What is the right level of customization and ability to customize? On one end, you've got GNOME and Pantheon type desktop environments. And on the other end, you've got sort of Plasma i3. I prefer something a little bit more in the center, but where do we all stand on this then? What is the right level of customization? My opinions about that have changed over the years. I don't know, six, seven years ago, I'd have probably said, expose as many options as is sensible to the to the users to have them you know configure things the way they like and in fact ubuntu mate is an expression of that belief but i don't necessarily subscribe to that now for two reasons one i think good design and design led decisions can mean that you actually present the best possible outcome to users so they don't have to be confronted with a whole control panel of a bazillion options. And then from a developer point of view, the fewer options that you expose, the easier it is for you to actually have test coverage that covers all of the different configuration permutations as opposed to this infinite matrix of options that you could never accurately reproduce. I think a lot of us who got into Linux got into it to customize our desktop, specifically desktop Linux. Yeah. And I think that is still a major draw of desktop Linux. But as Linux went from a hobby to something I use day to day, my opinion has shifted to to where I want thoughtful, sane defaults. So to that end, desktops require high levels of customization out of the box frustrate me and I just don't have time for it anymore. And I know GNOME 3, the layout is controversial, but it's simple, it's clean, it's thoughtful, and the defaults are fine for the most part. Maybe one or two extensions? Well, millions of people must agree with you because GNOME is by far the, the most widely used of all the Linux desktops, mostly thanks to Ubuntu, but nevertheless, all of the big distros ship it. So it must be doing something right. And I see the value in Plasma if you do want to spend hours and hours customizing your desktop to be interactive, have all kinds of cool widgets, but I just need to get down to work now. And Besides Ubuntu Mate, another great example of a thoughtful design for me when I'm working on a Linux laptop is Regolith Linux, which is a tiling window manager, but with GNOME infra underneath. Yeah, it's like an unholy mashup or a holy mashup of i3 and GNOME, isn't it? When Hayden said regolith, what the listeners can't see is everyone nodding along sagely <laughs> with that. Yes, regolith is a, a very good implementation of how to do that configurable desktop on top of GNOME. And in some respects, regolith feels a bit like the Unix philosophy on desktops, right? They've taken the bits of GNOME and they've built the other bits around it and on top of it and done a really 
elegant integration using things that have been cherry picked and configured and integrated to sort of be coherent, which I think is pretty impressive. That's sad. I just use straight I3. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've played around with Regolith a bit and it's nice. And I think that that's good, right? Because my origin story isn't I got into Linux because I wanted to customize my desktop. When I got into Linux, there were no Linux desktop environments at all. Okay. It was a whole bunch of tiling window managers and that was it. I got into Linux because I was using Unix at work and I wanted Unix, but I couldn't afford it. And then I found Linux and that's great. But Gary here talking about i3, I don't know that the desktop environments, the sort of mainstream, mainstream, nothing's mainstream in Linux desktop, is it? (laughs) The, the well known desktop environments, the integrated environments, I don't think they need to overly cater to the tweakers so much because of the tiling window managers that exist and also the massive ecosystem of menu bars and overlays and all of that stuff that for people that really want to curate their own graphical environment experience have got all of the Lego bricks to do that. Right, but look at something like XFCE. Out of the box in, say, Debian, it's I'm not going to use the word horrendous, but, uh, you know, it's something close to it. But then you look at Zubuntu, which is a you know, pretty basic implementation of it. It's sensible. It doesn't look beautiful. It doesn't look terribly ugly as far as I'm concerned. It's just fine. But then you look at some of the other distros, some of the Arch-based distros. Endeavor OS does a fantastic job of making it look really nice and, and stylish. Mm-hmm. And that's because XFCE is inherently customizable. It gives the maintainers of these distros the option to make it nice and so you can either just take a Zubuntu as it is like I do mostly I move the panel to the bottom and change a few little things here and there but fundamentally I don't really change it because they've just done a a fine job of it but if I wanted to I could just make it look totally different I could make it look like Pantheon and you know Mac OS or whatever or Windows you know there's even like a Windows 98 skin for it if you really want it yeah so Hayden said earlier that you know he finds Gnome to be mostly fine and with a couple of extensions he can make it what he wants it to be for anyone that doesn't find Gnome to be mostly fine they can probably use a bucket load of extensions to make it what they want it to be in my case, I've recently started using Pantheon initially on NixOS, but I am actually running Elementary 7 on this machine here right now and on my other main workstation as well. And again, it required a couple of little tweaks for it to sort of suit me. But the thing is, is that a few years ago, those customization options didn't exist for Pantheon stroke elementary, but they do today. So I've been able to make a few configuration changes that now mean this works as I would want it to. It's very familiar. It works a lot like Ubuntu Mate, which is kind of what I wanted. It's not such a massive departure from that traditional desktop metaphor, except there's no desktop, of course. (laughs) But again, what I liked about elementary or specifically so this is elementary seven i'm talking about and i think generally speaking the components of pantheon are like six dot something i haven't looked at the exact versions but the pantheon bit that makes all of this happen has been around for some months now 
And what I liked is that it was so very, very close to what I wanted it to be without me having to change anything or even look to change anything. And then when I did go to look to change things, I'm really only presented with the essential options when there is actually some value or user value in changing something. And I appreciate the thoughtfulness that's gone into, well, this feature is going to have a configuration option because there's a legitimate requirement for somebody to want to change this particular behavior. But where there isn't that legitimate requirement, those configuration options don't exist. These days, I actually quite like that. Here it is. It's presented to you. Just start using it approach. Whereas I don't really like that. I can see why some people do like it and I can appreciate a distro or a desktop environment that is opinionated. And like you say, offers certain customizations where they think you should be able to customize it. But I don't want to be told what to do. I want to be able to change everything if I want to. That's fine. So you don't use elementary or GNOME. You pick the thing that enables you to do what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the advantages of desktop Linux is you have such choice. You have customizability. You have these opinionated designs. You know, for example, when Microsoft moved to Windows 11, you know, they made a major design change. And some of the largest gripes have been addressed over time, but it requires lots of feedback and time and patience and waiting. Whereas I saw a new distro on DistroWatch the other day that is verbatim Windows 11 UI, like identical. And you could just make that change yourself if you wanted on desktop Linux. So again, I think that's still a major draw of desktop Linux is the customizability. And we that should not be underplayed, even though I think a lot of us have gotten to a place where we want the same defaults and we can choose from these opinionated options. It's analogous in a lot of ways to Android and people who install various Android builds and different launchers, or you have iOS where you have one set of options until very recently they've added some customizability because they've run out of other ideas. Yeah, but even then, try changing the keyboard, try installing SwiftKey, you just get the iOS keyboard with the SwiftKey skin on top of it. I'm wondering if my acceptance of opinionated desktop environments is a product of me having an iPhone for the last year and a half. Ah, yes. There it is. Maybe you've just been beaten down by Apple. Or maybe seeing the benefit of having good design decisions made for me. Well, is that arguably why GNOME is so successful? Because they just have a bunch of defaults and you can't really change much without getting into extensions, which my understanding is, is pretty unwise. If you want upgrades to work and things and not run into problems, you're better off just running GNOME as is. GNOME has pretty much been following this, I guess we'll call it guideline for a long time. It goes back to their human interface guidelines. But like I remember back in, oh, what was it, like 2007 or something, we followed Gnome's example and we went through and got rid of a bunch of preferences because they were extraneous or they didn't make sense. We didn't need them. And Gnome had just gone through what they call a preferences slash as well. And that, that's kind of the thing. Like we were talking about with Plasma having so many options and Gnome has you know made the conscious effort of bringing that down to make it more approachable. 
And I think that's really what it comes down to is we've all been saying the same defaults and approachableness and stuff like that. I think that's why Gnome always gets stays one step ahead, I think is what I want to say. That's an interesting little bit of history. So Gary there is talking about GNOME 2. And of course, the Mate desktop is the continuation. It was originally forked from GNOME 2. And GNOME 2 at that time was often criticized by some people as being too inflexible, not having enough configuration choices when compared to something like KDE of that time. And it's always tickled me that by comparison, people talk about Mate as being this highly customizable, configurable desktop environment, because it's no more configurable or customizable than GNOME 2 was back in the day. I think it's just a reflection of how much further the GNOME project have taken their eradication of unnecessary preferences and options. For me, Mate and XFCE are the sweet spot. And GNOME is on one end and Plasma is on the other. Plasma is just baffling. And I know that will annoy a lot of Plasma users, but the, it's a baffling array of options. Just everything can be tweaked. Just everything can be tweaked to the point of just ad absurdum, as far as I'm concerned. Whereas you look at Mate or XFCE, which are broadly similar with just a few little differences. And, you know, you might have some more modern technologies, let's say, in Mate. But but as a user experience, they're broadly on the same level. Mm-hmm. Whereas GNOME without extensions is just like it or lump it, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't like it, and so I lump it, and so I don't use it. And I had this, the same experience with Elementary OS 7 as well. I tried it, and I just didn't get on with it. I, I get what they're doing with it. I get what that team wants to do, and they've got some really firm opinions about stuff. But I just don't agree with those opinions. And so that's why it's just not for me. I think the reason why Pantheon and Elementary were a good fit for me is because the way that I actually configure Ubuntu Mate, the way I use it on a daily basis, is pretty much identical to the default experience that you get with Pantheon Desktop. So other than changing a few key bindings, moving the dock to the left side of the screen and making indicators work again, those were literally all I... Oh, and changing the wallpaper, of course. <laughs> Once I'd done those few things, I was I was right back at home. Although why would you want to change that wallpaper? It's stunning on OS 7, I think. It's not as good as the one I made. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> it's not as good as a plain black background, is what I have to say on that one. I find it funny how you all are talking about all this customization and how the tiling window managers have all the customization. But like, my i3 setup is literally default, except I changed the launcher. But that's because it's not about customizability for me. It's about getting work done and just, you know, having something that works well for my workflow. And presumably you are really comfortable with all the muscle memory of, of the keyboard shortcuts with it. Yeah, I mean, super key D to run a program, super key enter to open a terminal. I don't need anything else. (laughs) Well, aside from moving around, you can jump between windows to super key arrows, desktop super key numbers. And then if I need to move it, I just add shift to one of those. I have all of those same key bind. This is exactly how I drive my desktop environment right here. I find it interesting because you also said, the reason that you use i3 is because it gets out of the way and you haven't got time to mess around with it. You just want to get stuff done, mm-hmm. which I think is what Hayden and I were saying. We just want something that does all the hard work for us so we can just get on and do things. My early journey with Linux, I think, was probably 
four or five years of making endless notes and changes. And I was just constantly configuring, tinkering, tweaking, changing everything. And not just like the window manager configuration. I think by this point I was probably into after step or something like that, or GNU (laughs) step, one of those. It was all about, you know, patching XOR widgets. So they look like, you know, next step and all that sort of nonsense. And I realized that I was just spending my whole entire time tinkering with things and I wasn't actually using the computer for anything useful whatsoever. So I I remember sort of having a stern conversation with myself. It was like, right, we're going to stop just endlessly tinkering and tweaking and we're actually going to start using these computers to get stuff done. But was that valuable in your Linux journey? Yes, without doubt. It's been a long time since I've had to compile a kernel from source. And back then, there were no kernel modules. It was much more exciting (laughs) booting into a new kernel. (laughs) Well, and was it fun is the other question. It sounds like it was. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I was learning. it It was all brand new back then. It was all moving very, very quickly. And I still do tinker with things. I just don't do it on a... Well, I say I still tinker with things. I made a whole damn distribution at the end of the day. That's, like, that's, the, that's the ultimate tinker project, I think. So I, maybe I'm fooling myself. I'm pulling the wool over my own eyes that I'd got out of this habit of tinkering because that's clearly a lie. Well, you just wanted it to be what you wanted it to be. Yeah. And you looked around at what was available and weren't fully satisfied. And, and wasn't it more about supporting family members and stuff, that what Ubuntu Mate was about? Yeah, I moved my family over to Ubuntu for the 606 release. So they've been using what was GNOME 2 for many, many years. And at that time when Unity was being introduced and GNOME 3 was being kicked off, they really didn't like those. And I think it's fair to say both those projects were a bit raw at that point. So they weren't polished or by any means ready for prime time, but they bounced off that. And so I got into the Mate project and ultimately made Ubuntu Mate in order to satisfy them and keep them on Linux as opposed to going elsewhere. Use Trinity Desktop. <laughs> For anyone that used KDE3 back in the day, it's very nice, Trinity. It's it's not often talked about. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's actually really fun. It's like a really cool nostalgia trip. And yep. it gets updates. It works. I thought I heard that Compiz also had a recent release. You know, if you want to get oh. your wobble, wobbly windows and draw fire on your screen, stuff like that. Yeah. Those are always fun to show off. Yeah. And there's also Wayfire if you want to do it on Wayland. So if you want to, like, get some <laughs> sway action in your life, Gary, instead of I3, you can do that and then layer a bit of Wayfire on top and you too can have burning cubes of desktop workspaces. You know, I might have to look at that. That could uh, spice up my Twitch streams a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you considered Garuda Linux? That's an Arch-based one that is, um, I don't know what the word for it is. Garish might be unfair, but (laughs) blingy, maybe. It's definitely colourful. It's eye-catching. Appeals to a younger crowd, perhaps, maybe. Maybe that's unfair of me, but that is the beauty of Linux, though, isn't it? And desktop Linux specifically, that you can have a really boring GNOME desktop that just gets out of your way, or you can go just mad and do something like Garuda and everything in between. But with that, we'd better get out of here. Do let us know what you think about customizing Linux desktops. You can email us, show at linuxdowntime.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. But until then, I've been Joe. I've been Martin. I've been Hayden. And I've been Gary. See you later.